The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. And I'm your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining us today. I'm delighted to be coming to you today from the beautiful sites of the Avery Stone Circle in southern England. I'm just staying down the road in Marlborough, uh, a beautiful day spent amongst these sacred stones. And uh, we're really looking forward to today's show with my guest, Niraj Naik, who also is from England. And uh, his story is an interesting one because in some ways it's a reflection of what is happening to a lot of people in the world today, uh, those people who are becoming disillusioned with the traditional world. And so I'm looking forward to um, finding out from Niraj exactly the experience he had and, and how he has transformed his life. So Niraj, welcome to the show. Hello, Peter. Thanks for having me so on the show. Well, thank you, too. So perhaps we could begin by just getting you to tell us a little bit about... Uh, your journey and how it all unfolded. Well, yeah, uh, what, what you mentioned there about becoming, and more and more people becoming disillusioned with the way things are in the world, the systems are in place, um, is something that I've definitely felt and experienced, uh, not just myself, but many other people that I know as well. And really my life to date, I, I would say I've been through so many different life experiences, um, and really the pressure of working in the environment that we kind of, uh, most people tend to, you know, go to university for study for years to, um, to, to end up doing, you know, it, it's, it's, it's detrimental to a lot of people's health, a lot of people's relationships and quality of life. So really, like, my journey so far has been the, uh, you know, realization that, there's a lot more that we can do as people um, and there's a lot more value we can bring to the world uh, if we have the right information, the right resources, right tools and techniques to help us do it. And I think one of the big problems we have is a lack of information and knowledge and people who are willing to help and coach other people um, to get through you know, you know, hard times or, 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 or to find different paths and, and avenues and outlets for their skills and talents, passions, rather than being confined in a corporate environment that tends to suck the life out of you, you know? Well, perhaps so you could tell us, about, tell us your own story as a really good uh, example and illustration 
of the way this, this works. And then I'm sure people will be able to relate to what you have to say. Exactly. Well, my, my life, I first I started off um, actually going to university, not really knowing at all what I wanted to do with my life. All I knew was I had a real passion for music, making music, performing, and all that sort of stuff. And I had a real passion for it. But I didn't really, you know, because coming from a traditional Indian background, I didn't really uh, have any kind of encouragement to do my, um, to follow my, pursue my passions, because it, it's, you know, deemed to be unsecure, unsafe, and, and you know, you must get a good education and all that stuff, and you must get a secure job. That's kind of the traditional um, Indian values. So I, I kind of, like, did, you know, did, did my uh, education, became, uh, studied um, uh, sciences and ended up became, uh, doing a pharmacy de a degree. And this is where it all kind of went horribly wrong because I, I picked something I didn't really have any knowledge about and I didn't really have that much passion for. And as soon as I got to university, I was like, God, what am I doing here? You know, this isn't me at all. Um, and I was more interested in forming a band and and getting my music out there. So I spent most of the time doing that. And in, in the process, I actually set up a very successful music society that's still going at the university in Cardiff. Uh, it's still going after like 11 years or so now, 12 years now, I think it is. And it's got a massive um, uh, following. Uh, and it's, it's, it, was, it's, it was basically a, a way for, for people who are into music, have share a passion for music, to, to go out and express themselves and use university facilities to do that. And it became very successful. And because that became successful, I decided to branch out and do other music events. And I, that's how I got involved in the music industry. And it was doing that where um, I, I really had a taste of being an entrepreneur. And um, I was running like a fairly successful business for about three years. We had one of the largest dance music events in the UK. But the problem with that was, was the music industry, unfortunately, it doesn't always attract the, the greatest uh, kind of uh, people in terms of their, you know, their morals and values and things like that. And I did get involved in a bad culture, as it were. And some things went a bit wrong. I was very young and um, a bit naive as well. And I ended up losing the entire business that I developed practically overnight because I just didn't have the guidance. And, and I, I literally I was doing the whole thing without any of my parents really knowing anything about it. So I didn't have any real role models of guidance to help me along. So literally everything got lost overnight. Luckily, I had done my degree. Uh, had finished it, so I actually then had to go back and become a pharmacist, and that's when things became <laughs> so this, this, horribly so let's wrong. For a second, let's hang on for a second. So you, in some ways, you were following your passion, but yeah. as a result of a lack of integrity within the business, you lost everything, and then yeah. you actually dropped dropped back onto your degree to be a, a pharmacist. So what yeah. was that like? No, this is where it really went. Like, I mean, just imagine somebody who's used to playing on stage, having you know loads of um, fans at their their events and all this sort of stuff, and suddenly having to work in a pharmacy like counting pills. Um, you know, and the thing is, the job as a pharmacist, 
it could be a completely different, completely different job. It could be actually a really great, worthwhile, honourable job to do. But this is where I, I realise that this whole system that we live in is just completely and utterly wrong. It really is. And I, I was working, as soon as I got back into, started working as a pharmacist, I just realized that I was, if I carry on doing this, I'm going to be surrounded by people who I'm working with who are absolutely miserable majority of the time. So that was one thing, the environment that you're working with, everyone's so miserable. And I was trying to figure out what, what is it, why is everyone so miserable? And it all comes down to the fact that, it, I mean, it's the, ph- the job of a pharmacist, without like, getting too deep into it, it's li- really, it's more, it's more like a factory working job, where you're literally, you're, you're taking packets of pills, putting labels on them, putting them into bags, and then handing them out, right? And you get paid fairly well for it, but that's pretty much all you're doing. And with the NHS in the UK, um, the way that system is, um, people... People just are on so many different medications, and you're, I mean, doctors just prescribe willy-nilly. They prescribe medications all day long, without really giving it too much thought. And um, you'll get people on bags, and literally walking out with shopping bags full of drugs on a daily basis. Like, and people don't seem to be getting better; they seem to be getting worse, right? So you'll see the same patient come back after like six months who has doubled the amount of medication they're on. So going through all this, I, I realised that there's something's not right with this healthcare system, firstly, because people are actually taking more drugs rather than less drugs every time I see them. Um, I don't get a chance to even see the patients because we're so busy, we're so inundated with prescriptions. But all I'm doing literally is being a glorified factory worker, you know, just putting things into bags and handing them out. And everyone I'm surrounded by is just miserable and really, really bored with their lives because they are literally, they're not using any of their creativity, they're not using that much skills. Um, it's very simple sort of mundane jobs that they're doing. And they're getting paid really, really ridiculously low amounts of money for it. So I was just thinking, like, this whole environment, which is the healthcare system in the UK, is, it's, it's, I don't see where the health comes into it because no one's really getting better people are getting sicker and um you know so are the people who are working in the in, in the industry too you know, and the nhs as you probably are aware is is literally going bankrupt because um of the way the you know the, the, the way it's just run it's really badly managed and the amount of pres- prescribing that goes on it's just absolutely ridiculous so I had to find a way, an escape plan to get out of the state that I was in. You know, it was a really, it was a really tough time. This, I'm talking, it was like 2004 sort of time period. And literally, so how, did, I, so how, did, how did that show come to a head then, Mirage? Well, well, this is the interesting thing. And um, I literally, I, I had to do something about it because... I was getting incredibly sick and depressed, and I was, I was just living for the weekend. As many people who work in corporations do, they absolutely hate their job for Monday to Friday and will just go out, out on the weekends and get absolutely wasted as a way to kind of overcome 
the stresses and strains of you know of of, of their their daily existence. So I I became that person. I was one of those people for at least a good year. I was so down and just I felt beat up because I'd lost everything overnight and I tried lots of different things and things weren't working. Uh, little business ventures on the side, nothing seemed to work. And um, I was just I just became this person who just repeats repeats that cycle of working nine to five, five days a week, going out on the weekends, just blowing all your money and then just going through that cycle again. And so many people do that in the UK. I mean, I think most people do that in the UK. They work nine to five jobs and then they, their release tends to be going out and, um, and drinking, you know, or doing whatever on the weekends. And um, I had to get out of that cycle because I, I actually got really ill. I got... I have got some real problems with um, with my bowels. I end up getting a chronic condition called ulcerative colitis, which is quite a serious uh, uh, degenerative disease. So I, I, I was I was really the um, the ultimate kind of investors, you know, golden child, you know, uh, because I was. <laughs> so Niraj, I was, we're actually we're actually, com- we're actually coming up to our first break. And All right. you've given a really, really good overview of the sad situation that many people find themselves in. So after yeah. the break, we'll come back to see how you got out of the situation to where you are now. This Fantastic. is Peter Tung for, this is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. I want to remind you to check into our a sponsor website, www.myheartcenteredjourney.com. Our Love, Laugh, Learn series has just concluded. It was an absolutely wonderful uh, seven-week series, which is going to be available archived uh, at a much reduced cost. So anybody interested in joining that program was a 
tremendous uh, success of a journey through the seven chakras and also our ongoing Ambassadors of Light program. And when I return from this uh, particular sacred site journey in a couple of weeks' time, uh, I'll be reporting back about all of the insights that we have gained. Uh, Steve Behrman, Swami Beyondananda and Shari Chase will be hosting the Ambassadors of Light program uh, tomorrow, Thursday at 5.30. So do uh, look into www.myheartcenterjourney.com. Before the break, we had a, a wonderful, a miserable introduction to Niraj's life in the pharmaceutical industry and, and living his life, living for the weekend and then not having, not having a very happy time of it. So, Niraj, let us know uh, what happened next. How did things transform for you? Okay, well, in a, I mean, I'll summarize. I mean, I was, I was the classic uh, case of, um, you know, somebody getting into debt uh, and becoming sick, becoming dependent on, on his nine-to-five even more and um, things like that. And I just became quite depressed. And I think a lot of people feel like that and get like that. And I think I put that down to uh, just being ignorant uh, to, uh, to what the other opportunities there are out there. So I was, you know, desperate for help. I had to get out of this situation. I was getting really depressed. I was sick. I was ill. had to do something about it. And luckily, I had a very good uh, close friend of the family who's a, who's a Swami, um, who's, who's a very, very beautiful person. And she does a lot of great stuff um, in, in the UK with charities and stuff. And I actually I decided that I'm just going to go and see her and speak to her and, and just pour my heart out to her. So I went and spoke to her, and she, she basically said this one line, which I think is, is, is stayed with me for, you know, forever, and it will stay with me forever, is um, first, before you do anything, before you attempt anything, make peace with your present situation, okay? So she said, what you need to do is a little exercise and write down everything in your present situation, all the problems, write them all down, because if you can create solutions with those, to those problems, you, you, will, you will actually have a lot of value that you can share with other people, and, and people will look to you, you know, to help them in the same way as what you've, you've gone through. So first write down all the problems and look at, then look at, identify the solutions to those problems. And, and she said, get really deep, though. In your, in your job right now, what is the biggest problem that you've got? What is it that's making you really depressed? And the thing that really, really annoyed me about pharmacy is the fact that we were, we were literally tr treated like pawns to the drug companies, just dishing out pills all day long without actually being able to go out and talk to patients, counsel the patients, and help the patients actually get off the drugs. You know, we were more all about getting people onto the drugs, all the marketing, you know, the stuff we're taught by the uh, managers and the bosses on how to sell medication and things like that. It was all about getting them to buy more, consume more pharmaceutical products rather than let's help you get well, okay? So that was a real frustration I had. And, um, but I didn't know how do you, how, what to do. How do you, I didn't, because you, you, you just don't get any of that education at uni. What can you give to a patient to actually, that actually is going to make them feel better, but, you know, without them needing to take any drugs? So I was asking her, I said, look, what, you know, what can I do? Well, I need to learn about alternative ways to help my patients. So, because that way, then I can actually offer some more value in the pharmacies rather than just offering them the products that are on sale there, which don't get you better. They just make you, um, you know, they just treat the symptoms. They just 
keep you iller for a bit longer. So, um, you know, I was I was doing it. She she gave me a few books and gave me a few links to some stuff to check out. So I started really getting into alternative natural health because I needed to do it for myself. That was another reason I went to but I was really ill and I had to sort something out with my own health. So going through that own personal development um, gave me a, so much knowledge about the alternative ways of helping people with their health. And I was seeing people all walks of life, different conditions on a daily basis. So, and I came up with an idea, because a, a lot of the reasons why people get sick, and I'll go into this in a bit more detail, it comes down to the fact that they just don't have inf the right information. Stuff like um, you know, recipes to make their own food rather than having to buy ready, you know, ready meals which are full of sugar and things like that. You know, things like the right way to do exercise in the gym without you know overdoing it, and and things like yoga and meditation, how to do that properly, how to make your own home remedies, stuff like that. It's these sort of inf bits of information people just don't have, and they go to a doctor trusting that they have the answers, or they go to a pharmacist, you know hoping that they're going to give them some answers. So what I did was I came up with a, a, a method where um, I could still give the information to a, a patient. And it's so obvious and so simple. I don't know why every pharmacy doesn't do this. And, you know, and that, that system was literally, I used to write a shopping list for patients based on their conditions. So if they had heart disease, I would create a shopping list that, that would help them uh, reduce blood pressure, um, reduce weight, you know, and then help them overcome heart disease and help them get over uh, having to take drugs like statins, which I can go, in, I can go on for hours about how many um, side effects that causes. So, um, and that was another thing I identified in the pharmacies. So many people are suffering from side effects, like really horrible, horrendous side effects with it. Their quality of life is probably worse being on these medications than, than, than the condition that they had in the first place. So I came up with this concept of these shopping lists, and it really worked amazingly well. And I, I started getting phone calls, uh, I, people writing letters to me, where, where I literally transformed their lives just by giving them the right information, almost like a blueprint of what to do. And they were like, you know, I'd never in a million years would my doctor have given me this information. I'm so glad that you've done this. It's absolutely saved my life and things like that. So I was like, wow, I'm onto something here. You know, this is really cool. So um, at the same sort of time, I, I, I saw discovering, uh, discovering uh, the actual power of the Internet as a, as a great method to get information out to more people. And um, I, I started going to a few seminars, and I actually found uh, there's a whole kind of whole different world out there of people who, who run Internet businesses, and they're, they're really, like, living lives of pure passion. What they're doing is they're creating sites with great information, great content that coaches people's stuff, which doesn't take that much effort to, to run. And then what they were doing was because they had so much free time, and, and they literally managed to quit their jobs doing it. They were just going around the world either doing charity stuff or um, doing seminars and teaching people and educating people on stage. And it was all through the power of internet marketing. And I was like, right, I've, you know, I was like, I've got to get into this, man. This is unbelievable. 
um, then you can do this, where you can run a business off the internet and and, yeah. and do it really successfully. So I was like, wow, okay, I've got to get into this. So I started developing this idea of like having my shopping lists um, in a in a format online that people could easily access. And I came up with a concept, and the same time that this happened, I got called from a. Uh, oh, I, I, I've been fired by my previous job, by the way, and I was now actually unemployed. <laughs> I got fired because um, I was doing the shopping listing, and my, pre- my previous employer didn't really like it because everyone was going over to the local supermarket, buying off all the buying off the stuff from them rather than in the pharmacy and getting better and they're not coming back to the pharmacy. So they didn't like it. I, I, did, I, did, uh, I, did, huh? I did wonder, actually, I did wonder what happened in the pharmacy job when you were yeah, doing yeah. all this coaching. Yeah, well, they, they actually didn't like accused me of badly managing the pharmacy. So um, I just walked out um, in the end and, you know, I said, well, screw you guys, you know. Um, so, that, you know, that's a reflection of, of the pharmaceutical industry. But at that, at that time... I got a, a um, phone call from a headhunter looking for pharmacists to work for a really massive supermarket chain called Asda, which is uh, owned by Walmart. So they're, they're like the biggest supermarket chain in the UK. And um, I was like, I, literally, I was like, look, I don't want to work for them. You know, I don't want to work for anyone, to be honest. For an hour, she convinced me like, that this was going to be a really good idea. So I was like, okay, right, whatever. Um, I'll go to the interview anyway. And she said, look, they're really open to new ideas, so why don't you just share your idea with them? So I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I had this idea of this shopping list thing. And she said, maybe that would work really well in a supermarket because, um, you know, you've got a supermarket and a pharmacy all in the same place and all that. And, you know, you might not have any conflicts of interest there. So I went, I went to the interview and explained to them this idea that I had. And the manager was like, "Wow, this is brilliant! You've got to, you've got to enter this into this like competition that we have." So I said, "Okay, cool." And the competition is actually run by a very well-known entrepreneur in the UK called Peter Jones, who's from this TV show called Dragons Den. So it's quite a famous um, show on, on, and he's very well-known kind of in this field. And he he ran the this competition with the CEO of ASDA, and I got picked for the through to the final, and I went and presented them this concept that I had that could work really well with Asda in-house. Um, and I thought, you know, if I can get something out of this, this could be quite good rather than me just doing it on my own. And um, and also with Asda, because they get, they get so much traffic on their website, they get like 500,000 people uh, a, a month to their website. I thought, you know, I could reach so many people with my stuff. So I, I explained to them the concepts, and they were like, yeah, this is brilliant. We want to do it. Let's do it. So so that, that literally that got me out of working in the pharmacy, and that got me into the corporate head office of uh, the largest corporation in, in, in the U.K., which is, which is very interesting, um, I have to say. And then my phase two of my battle began, because now I had to convince everyone else there that this was a good idea even though these people liked it i had to convince all the managers and all this and i had to go through the whole corporate kind of struggle of trying to get ideas that are new challenging and different and unique out and accepted you know by all the automatons to work with incorporations 
And so, so Niraj, was... Niraj, we're actually uh, coming up to our second break. So yep. uh, after the break, uh, we'll hear how this uh, all unfolded for you. This is okay, Peter Tone for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Listening on a higher dimension. 7th Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. Having a fascinating discussion today with Niraj Naik, who went through his own transformational process. And I'm sure many of our listeners have experienced and may still be experiencing the sorts of challenges that he faced once he started taking the courageous step to step out of the old way of being and doing, that uh, he suddenly started having some really interesting opportunities uh, come his way. So Niraj, just continue with the story uh, at ASDA. Right. So, yeah, so I was, I was working up in, in the head office and I have to say it was an incredible struggle trying to get this project going because purely because there were so many legal restrictions, so much uh, conflicts from um, other managers who were up there and, and their ideas and things like that. And in the end, what was going to happen was my original concept was going to get ridiculously watered down from what I originally set out to do. And I didn't feel like it was going to add any value to to people, you know, what they really needed. So that became a real struggle, a real battle. Eventually, I just came to the realization that corporations, it, there's no point in trying to uh, work with them um, at all. And and if you're if you're stuck in a corporation and you've got great ideas, you're not you're going to find it really hard to get them out there and get them through. Unless you're working for like a really open-minded corporation like Virgin. Or something like that. But if you're working for these big, big multinational, you know, businesses, you're just going to be treated like a a robot, really, most of the time. And it was so frustrating. And I was working in the head office, and it was no different to to how it was in the pharmacy. And people were just working like robots, you know, in front of their computers, the desk constantly. Everyone was pretty much, you know, morbidly obese. And I was like, do I really want to become go here? Do I want to be this 
be this person? You know, do I want to venture down this path? Is this really my life plan? Um, so what I decided to do was really just focus on all the things that I ha really have a passion for and, and just use the internet and go for it and set up my own outlet and business. And, and that's when I started producing music again because I was, I was so stressed out because I, I felt, okay, I've got to a point where, um, you know, I've got out, I've escaped the cubicle of the pharmacy, but now I'm stuck in the cubicle of the head office of a corporation. But, you know, I can't, I'm just not suited to cubicles at all. I need to get out of this one. <laughs> so, um, and, and loads of people, everyone in head office who worked there, everyone moaned and complained and moaned and complained about their jobs all day long. I was like, look, I'm not going to be one of these moaning, complaining people. I'm going to do something about it. And um, that's when I started really focusing on the music again. And, and what I'd learned, I'd done a lot of research, and, and what I found was the main, and this is through my own experience with my own patients and things, the main thing that really causes um, illness, uh, especially chronic illness, is, is long-term stress. Stress, that, um, chronic stress that, that comes from either a physical source or emotional source or both. And that emotional stress can come from from um, things like you you know hating your job, you know your relationships falling apart, um, you know things like financial problems and being in debt. Debt is a massive cause of stress. Being being stuck, you know, in a, in a debt cycle can be really really painful. And 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 that all these things, all these stresses, can have a real inherent uh, negative uh, effect on your on your body, on your system, and that can affect your homeostasis, which is your um, your body's balance, to uh, is, is your is your body's natural regulation uh, system, and um, I mean I can go into the science of it if you want, but if this gets screwed by by being under stress for too long a period of time, it, it totally disrupts your immune system and all your vital functions of your body, your hormonal system, and everything that keeps you going and keep, keeping you well. And um, now, and the problem is, is that majority of people are under chronic stress for long periods of time, especially if they're living, working in a job that is only just, um, you know, kind of paying the bills. You know, and, and in my opinion, job really stands for just over broke, right? They just keep you just from being broke, right? And that you know, this is it's, it's all these other things like when, when you're under stress like that, and the job dissatisfaction, that kind of stress, you end up making worse choices with your your, your diet. Uh, you don't do as much exercise as you normally should, and you know you may pick up habits like smoking and drinking, and they, these all lead to physical stress. So you've got stress on two different sides, and the one thing that that cures this stress, in my opinion, is self-empowering information, information, almost a blueprint of information that, that offers solutions to get you out of that stress. Because as soon as you've got um, the, the information and a system and proof of other people who have been through a similar journey and, and gone to the other side and become well or successful in what they wanted to do, okay, it gives you this hope, sense of hope. And it's that sense of hope that, that can cure stress. Um, long term, you know, and, and can get you motivated to take take control of your life again. So I, I started 
you know, finding ways that I could do this myself through through the areas of passion that I really have. What is a way that I could um, really help people uh, through through the, the ways that I know how to do it? And I, I really got into um, into meditation and yoga because I found that meditation and yoga really had a great uh, cleansing effect on my soul, my spirit. And my outlook on life and everything, really, it really, really did help. I mean, with yoga, you also get the exercise and the movement that you need. So if you don't, if you don't move, you don't use your body, you, you, your body starts degenerating. So, you know, yoga and meditation combined is a really good solution, a good tool, um, a strategy for you to help overcome stress. So I, how, I was, and Niraj, how did you use how did you use the music to help uh, relieve the stress? How did that come about? Yeah, so because obviously I'm, 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 I've always been into music, been a music producer. Um, I, I had a mental block on making music for a long time. I, re I really found it really hard to get back into making music, especially after the, the music events went down the pan. And, and I was in a band and things didn't go well with that. And, and um, I, I was just like, look, I'm, I'm listening to all this music through videos on YouTube. Um, and they were like the backing tracks to the meditations that I was watching. And I got really absorbed by one person in particular's um, YouTube channel called Shaktipat Sia. And I was just following the meditations and the music that accompanied it was just brilliant. I was like, God, I need to get to know this guy and I want to I get back into making music because this is the sort of music I really like doing. And I started making music on that tip, and I, I one day I thought, right, oh, I'm going to send him one of my tracks, see if he wants to to uh, do a video to it. And I didn't think that much of the track. I I, I just did it. It came out. It really flowed naturally. Um, I sent it to him, and he goes, Oh my God, this is absolutely awesome! And he made a video to it, and then we, he bunged it on his YouTube channel, and it just got loads and loads of positive comments. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm into, I, you know, I'm, 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 I've got something here. So I started researching into music, sound therapy, and, and stuff like brainwave entrainment, binaural beats, and, and all these things that I'd never been aware of as a pharmacist. It was only because I started searching on the in internet. These are things that have been around for years and years and years, but I'd only just, this is like, you know, a year and a half ago, um, only then had just really started grasping what it was all about. Um, so, so Neroj, before you, before you go on, just, just tell us yeah. a little bit about what you've learned about the contribution that ambient noise in our worlds adds and makes, uh, impacts the stress that we live under. Yeah, okay, well, I think what it comes down to is when you think about ambient noise, uh, I think what we, we, we think about is the amount of information that we get every day from different sources so there's a lot of noise from from the the tv from the you know people talking distractions your phone there's all sorts of different sources of noise um but there's also an underlying frequency i mean I, I, i'm wondering if you you mean the actual the subliminal noises out there or do you mean just noise in general as in Background. I meant, I meant, I meant uh, noise in general. Yeah, I mean, because we are, we are constantly bombarded by frequencies of all different sources, uh, whether it's um, frequencies that you can actually hear, audible frequencies, or 
or frequencies that you can't hear, like radio frequencies, radiation frequencies. Uh, there's all sorts of different sources of it, and because the population of the world is so big now, on you know, compared to you know a thousand years ago, that inevitably there is going to be a hell of a lot more noise out there, especially through um, the advances in technology. Everyone's got laptops and all this stuff. This all creates a band of frequency that that is um, you know out there. Either we can hear or we can't hear, and and what that does is that creates um, a sensory overload in a lot of people. A lot of people just get knackered, even though they haven't done that much physically during the day. You know, they they come home, they feel scrambled, like their brain feels fried, um, and that is that is symptoms of stress due to sensory overload. So many people can get a, a stress on their body through. You know, through that sensory overload of of um, just too much outside stimulus. Do you understand what I'm saying? Totally. Yeah. So how yeah. do we? So how do we then use? How do we then use sound as a therapy to help us overcome the stress? Okay. So well, th- really, the only way you can you can really do it is by calming calming your mind, calming your your thoughts. Just calming your whole system, your whole nervous system, through a, a through techniques, and one of the techniques is, is obviously meditation. And um, you can use uh, meditation with music or without music. You don't have to have music. You don't even have to have sounds. But some people find it um, really useful to meditate on a particular sound. And what meditation does is it focuses your thoughts on one thing. Okay, and and. With the right meditation techniques, you can actually uh, uh, basically bring your homeostatic balance back into shape again. And through the right breathing techniques, you can... Because a lot of people don't even breathe properly. We, we, we've forgotten how to breathe properly because of the um, the fact that we're rushing around we're in such busy lives that we sometimes we don't even remember to breathe. And um, a lot of us are shallow breathing and hyperventilating, which... Which is not, which is basically not good. All, all of these things, all these factors affect a homeostatic balance, and that homeostatic balance is the most important thing for regulating our health. So, by meditating on one specific um, sound or music that you love, that, that you really have an enjoyment, um, passion in, um, can help calm your whole nervous system. And through the appropriate breathing techniques, you can you can change your physiology. Um, and what what the, the new advances in sound therapy are are, are things called um, isochronic tones, which are embedded. So, uh, Niraj, just just before you go into that, we're coming up to our final break. So okay. let's chat about isotonic tones when we return in a couple of minutes. It's been a tone for awakening to conscious co-creation. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. 
our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness sufficiently to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenterJourney.com for more information. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. Just a reminder to go to our sponsor website, www.myheartcenterjourney.com Please check out all the opportunities we are offering there for you on your awakening path. Back to our guest today, Niraj Naik. Niraj, you were just about to talk about isotonic sounds in alchemy sound therapy. Just tell us a bit more about that. Okay, yeah. So, well, what, what I, I did was I, I obviously I, I did a lot of research on the various techniques that you can use um, to enhance sounds and music to have more of a therapeutic effect. And one of the things that's widely been used out there is, is binaural beats. And binaural beats, what they do is they, they, are, they literally they train your brain to specific frequencies um, which correspond to different states. So our brain can exist in different states. The one that, that we are mostly in is in a beta state. That beta state is where we're, fo- we're alert, we're focused on, um, and, but the problem is if we're in a beta state for too long, uh, that's where all the outside noise and clutter can, um, can create a sensory overload and make us feel stressed and under stress. And the beta state is our switched on, you know, past the state where, when we're, we're either trying to do work, stressful work, or, we're in our jobs, you know, we're doing, you know, doing something that requires a lot of concentration. That's kind of the beta state. And um, unfortunately, we spend most, too much of our time in this state. The, the more uh, beneficial states for, for healing and um, to help regulate our homeostatic balance are the alpha and theta states. Now, the alpha state is like a state where um, where we're actually it's it's you know what hypnotists actually use the alpha state uh, to help get people um, into a place where they're they're more susceptible to suggestions so it's where our subconscious becomes uh, it's, it's, it's almost like when we're daydreaming it's like the daydreaming state it's, it's also associated with light meditation and um, so when, when you close your eyes and relax your mind, we, be, we go into an alpha state. And stuff, like I was saying, a hypnotist actually used this state as a place to, to um, help people uh, recondition their thoughts. Because our subconscious mind actually dictates a hell of a lot 
of what we do in our daily lives. And, and um, there's a phenomenon called subconscious mind programming where you can use hypnotic te techniques of suggestions. Um, and if you do these techniques, you can actually reprogram your consciousness to achieve pretty much any result you really desire. And um, the next wave state after that is a theta wave, and that is it, where you go into deep meditation. And this, this is um, where often if you, if you, you it's a state where you're, you're just literally about to go into uh, deep sleep. It's just before you're going to fall into a deep sleep. And during these states, our, our homeostatic balance um, goes, uh, it, it helps it go back into regulation. And it's also associated with heightened states of creativity and inspiration. And these are the real deep meditative states that yogis and sadhus and people like that um, strive for. And then the next state down from that is a delta wave state. And these are, these are like associated with really deep states of consciousness or almost unconsciousness. And some yogis can actually move into these states at will, where they can just go into a deep state of um, deep meditation. And this can help them have stuff like um, experiences such as out-of-body experiences and astral projection and things like that. Uh, some people can, you know, literally leave their bodies and, and travel the universe, as it were, um, in these states. And also really deep REM uh, states where we're, we're, we're in deep sleep um, happen it, when we're in a delta state. Now, music and sound, it, with the right uh, frequencies embedded into it, can actually help you achieve these states. So brainwave entrainment, um, you can actually use special pulses of sound, which is using something called isochronic tones, you can embed that into, into a piece of music or sound, which could be just a, a single note, like a single tone um, at a certain pitch, uh, or it could be like a, a piece of classical music. It, it doesn't matter whatever you choose, or it could be just the tone itself. The, the certain frequencies that it pulses at will train your brain to that frequency that it's pulsing at. Um, so what I do with my sound, and, and this is where I've had the most effect, is, is I embed um, and I've created special frequencies of isochronic tones that help you get, after a session of listening to it, to these states. So I, I have a specific one for alpha meditation. I have one for theta meditations. And I even have one for delta meditations. Um, and I've created a new site called Tripnoral Meditation, which is full of um, of these various different types of meditations and I, and I actually have video uh, videos that actually show you how to use these these um, things uh, to, to, to its best maximum effect and I have to say since I've been doing this um, with my previous website alchemysoundtherapy.com the response has been absolutely unbelievable the people who've used my sounds and meditations to um, to help them reduce stress. Because when you, when you can get yourself out of a beta state by doing something that's relaxing, um, you start producing beneficial uh, hormones inside your body. When you're in an alpha beta state, you produce beneficial hormones in your body like serotonin, melatonin, um, which actually 
help you to develop a better state of well-being, improves your mood, helps you sleep deeper, more, more for, um, it, it just literally gives you more um, feeling of well-being and, and long-term health because you're, you're, you're regulating your homeostatic balance um, by enhancing the production of these special hormones that your, your brain produces when it, when it does something pleasurable. And so, Naraj, just give us, let's give us the, uh, you've given us www.alchemysoundtherapy.com. What was the other yeah. website you mentioned? Uh, my latest one, which I'm just launching now, is www.tripnaural, which is T-R-Y-P-N-A-U-R-A-L, meditation.com. And so people can go to those websites and, and listen to some of the music that you've created. Yeah, you can. And what I've, I've tried to do with this is that I've actually written, um, and if you join alchemysoundtherapy.com, I've actually written a whole ebook called Free Your Life with Passion, and I also have another site called freeyourlifewithpassion.com, which literally tells you exactly how to build a site um, that, that, that is giving people great value and use, that, use systems of Internet marketing to actually earn enough money for you to um, quit your job and do what you love instead. And no, I've been doing that. And, I mean, it's literally following what I've done already, uh, which has helped me because now I, I have managed to quit my job by, by um, running my several websites. And, in fact, my alchemy, I have another website called alchemymeditations.com. is one of the fastest-growing New Age uh, meditation websites on the Internet. Uh, and that's what... And I run that with, with that guy um, who I was telling you about, whose music and meditations really moved me on YouTube, called Shakti Patsia. So if you, if you um, were to join any of my sites, usually the kind of people that I attract are people who experience stress in their lives and want and so need... So Niraj, we've actually, uh, we've, actually come to, we've actually come to the end of our time, so I, we'll have to stop you there. But you've given us a fascinating insight into how we yeah. can change our lives around. So thank you so very much. No problem. Thank my, you. I hope that was my, useful. Cheers, Niraj. My guest next Excellent. week will be Dr. Rita Louise, a psychic medical intuitive who will give us a wonderful insight into how intuition and psychic powers actually work. And you may be surprised... Uh, to how psychic you already are without knowing it. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Have a wonderful week. This is Peter Tone for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tung for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.